It's May 17, 2012, and on this edition of the Amigo Museum Podcast, Brian and Scott discuss the challenges and joys of having your own toy room. We look forward to Amigo Meet 2012, we break down the new exclusives from Biff Bang Pow for the San Diego Comic-Con, and we chat about the new Kiss figures from Figures, Inc. All this and much more in a rambling, sprawling, springtime edition of the Amigo Museum Podcast, starting right now. It's the Amigo Museum Podcast. Scott and Ryan each sold separately. You can pull them, you can bend them, even have a tug of war. No matter how you stretch them, they keep coming back for more. Welcome to the Miko Museum Podcast. As always, I'm Brian. And I'm Scott. And, and we are we're back. back. We're back from a long hiatus. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of life got in the way a little bit there. I, I know about you, but uh, I had a lot of crazy stuff to do in the last couple of weeks. Yes, yes, uh, we definitely have been busy. And um, I don't know, just didn't feel like there was any super pressing Migo news that had to be addressed. But, and um, I was tired. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, yeah, actually, you know, hmm? never mind. <laughs> We're stepping on each other. Um, one of the reasons I I couldn't do a podcast is I actually had to step away for a whirlwind seventy-two hour trip to New York City last week. Uh, a friend of mine was getting married, and while I didn't have much time to sightsee, I did actually, and I'm surprised to say this, see a lot of vintage Mego in town. Just walking down um, the street? Not just, well, I knew where to go. But um, I visited a few haunts that I've been to before. One of them, of course, was Toy Tokyo, where I saw a great display of uh, Mark Huckabone's presidential monsters. And I, I, anyone going to Manhattan has to go to Toy Tokyo. Uh, but I also saw vintage toys in places like St. Mark's Comics and Midtown Comics, which wasn't too far from the hotel I was staying at. Oh, neat. And... Uh, it was really nice to see, to be perfectly honest with you. Uh, I've been you know, visiting New York steadily for the last 12, 15 years, and this was probably the most vintage I've seen in a long time. Maybe it's because eBay's not as cool as it used to be or, or what it was, but it was, it was really encouraging. And, and the other thing I saw a ton of is uh, Biff Bang Pow merchandise. Those guys are killing it. It was all over New York City. Really? Yeah, in the, in the comic shops and stuff. Mm. Nice comic shop, gift shops, toy shops. I saw Biff Bang Pow all day, which uh, which was you know I mean it's fun to see you know pretty much pretty much all of the, their whole license or anything in particular jump out or. Well, um, the thing that was interesting was I was in um, I think the East Village and I was just in a gift shop and they they had tons of the Twilight Zone stuff. You know, and it was uh, like, well, there they are again. You know, um, and but I saw Lost figures. I I saw the Venture Brothers. I don't see this stuff at retail much in Canada, so it, you know, maybe I'm just more sensitive to seeing it. But it, it was it was great. It was everywhere. Oh, that's Their really Doctor neat. Who stuff. <laughs> that's really cool. Hmm. Nice. So, so what vintage stuff? Cool. What what vintage stuff did you see when you were in the in New York? Uh, boxed superheroes. Uh, at, at Midtown Comics, and then at St. Mark's, they had a little bit of everything, everything from Buck Rogers to Mego Superheroes to Star Trek to um, Pocket Superheroes. I almost bought a loose Pocket Superheroes Spider Car there, but there was no 
no real reason to buy it other than I wanted the story. If I bought this at St. Mark's Comics in New York when I was on vacation, yeah. Uh, like I, I, you know, I've got a few of those, but yeah. and it was it was a hundred bucks, and that, that's how I talked myself out of it. But one of the funniest things I saw there was a guy came in with a big box of toys to sell, and it was sort of like watching comic book men live, but the real version of it. Uh. And he was kind of like this nervous type, and he pulled the guy. The box opened, and it was just full of Spawn figures yeah. from the early 90s. Right. And, you know, the guy's going, that's the rare variant of Spawn's. Remember when people gave a crap about that? Yeah. You know, Spawn's got three stitches there. And I, my wife said, can we go? And I said, no, I really have to watch this. I really have to watch how this plays out. Because this guy's building up these 20 or so figures. Oh. Like their gold and, the, you know, the... The guy behind the counter <laughs> looks like he's just eating something bad. <laughs> and at the end of it, and it was just funny, the guy goes, I'll give you 30 bucks. Ooh. And the, the guy's hand goes out like, sold! <laughs> so fast. Wow. <laughs> it was just, you know, no drama, no tension. He, just, he, he knew what was up despite his sales pitch. Sales pitch. He was in, and it was just so funny to see. It was like, "There's the real comic book man," you know. <laughs> oh man, mm. yeah, the '90s. You know, a friend of mine um, was moving uh, recently. Hello, Sean, if you're listening, and he uh, moved from San Francisco up to Seattle, and he uh, he stopped by my house and dropped off two giant blue Rubbermaid uh, totes full uh-huh. of. Uh, uh, mid '90s Power of the Force Star Wars figures, classics. Yeah, and you know, which I had bought. Like I had bought a few of them when they first started came coming out. It was that that whole thrill of like going to the toy store. To, oh, you know, it was like, yeah. have we talked about this on the podcast? I'm not sure, I'm but if we I, I know you and I have talked about this. Exactly. And I, 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 yeah. I, I can never remember what we've recorded and what we've just talked about. But um, but it's just it's the similar thing, you know. It's like he had he kept them forever, and like I don't think he had you know huge fantasies that they're going to be worth a million bucks. But you know he had invest, you know he he bought them all when they came out, and then they sat around and they were all perfectly mint and card, and they really not quite worth trying to sell because no. of all the labor that you would have to do to make you know six dollars on you know whatever the figure is, you know, <laughs> and. Uh, but I had my son had my four and a half year old son who hasn't actually seen Star Wars, but his uh, his little friend at school told him all about it, and we read my copy of the 1978 Star Wars storybook. So oh, he's, he, oh, yeah, I love that book. So he, so he's up to speed on it, and uh, you know he's probably not going to see the movie for a little bit, but he's, he's he's into Star Wars, and then he finds out that Daddy's got a box of Star Wars figures down downstairs. Not only that, but Star Wars figures that I don't really care about. Right. <laughs> so so we pulled those out and, and started playing with them, you know, and it's like, I mean, he's, he's, this little kid's got, you know, five stormtroopers now. And he's got more stormtroopers than I ever had, let me tell you that. And um, uh, But, you know, he's having a blast with them. And then my friend Sean shows up with these two giant boxes full of these Star Wars figures. And oh. so it's been kind of great because we just we've been having you know I didn't give them all to my kid because it would have blown his mind. But every now and then uh-huh. I go down in the basement and I pull out you know I pulled out R five D four the other day, and um, which the 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 one that they made in the nineties actually shot shoots a little missile, like 
I'm not sure Just why. Just like he didn't? Exactly. Yeah. Well, I think it's sort of like meant to emulate like how he his head exploded or whatever. But anyway, it's kind of cool. Like R5-D4 shoots a missile and he's like Jonah's favorite uh, uh, robot now. <laughs> but uh, so there's some value in the fact that, that you know, we acquired all these these toys that aren't actually worth anything on the open market, but they're still kind mm-hmm. of fun to play with. So, um, oh yeah, my Simpson, my Simpsons collection. Oh yes, Playmates. That gets a lot of wear and tear in this house. My kids love the Simpsons, and you know it. It was just one of those things where I forgot they even existed. They were on stairs. And it was such a joy to them when I found them and the, you know, the talking play sets. And it's, it's great. It's, they've got a second life. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really great. I've got, I've got a big box of them down there myself. And um, in a few years, we'll, we'll, we'll pull them out and set it up like a, just like you would like a train set or something like that. Hey, here's, here's all the Simpsons stuff. It's funny every time you, I go, every time I move that box down in the base, I've got a giant box filled with those play sets. And I hear Mo pour a beer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, actually, that's I was crawl. I have a crawl space in my house, and that's actually how you hook up the cable. And it, it's it's like Hogan's Heroes to plug in a new device. And I was down there one day, and comic book guy started talking, and it scared the crap out of me. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they did some um, they did some great toys. That that the comic book guy, uh, uh, super collector character. The collector, yes, the collector. my kids. Yes. Yeah, we've got that. Classic. Zena. Classic. Yes, love that stuff. And um, you know, speaking of toys and tubs, one of the topics that's been on the Mega Museum this week is is toy rooms. Yes. And you've had an adventure with a toy room this week. Yes. Well, one of the reasons I was going to say one of the reasons that that I haven't been quite as available to to record podcasts and things like that is we've been dealing with trying to start the process of doing some some renovations on my house you know we're mm-hmm. you know refinanced and we're talking to people and we can, can you know can we you know redo the kitchen or the bathroom and blah 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 and we have a basement uh space at my house that um uh we got real excited about for a little while about the idea of finishing that basement space out and putting right. a, an office down there for me, and then all of a sudden, you know, then the toy room fantasy starts to starts to come on really strong. And you know, I mean, I'm just I'm like any other red blooded American male. I want a man cave very, very, very much. And mm-hmm. um, so for a while, it kind of looked like we were going to get it, and then we just, you know, just ran the numbers and realized that, you know, we, we have a 1924 house out here in Oakland, California, where everything is so cheap to do. Mm-hmm. So. You know, and it just just really didn't make sense to do that right now. So you know, maybe you know, one day you know we'll be able to do that. But yeah, so to the the my my toy room evaporated once again this week, and um, so my all of my toys are on display, and and I have half of the walk-in closet in my son's room. And that's where all my toys are sort of jammed in together, and um, so I'm going to live with that for a little while. Um, but, uh, you know, it's definitely one of the challenges of being a toy collector is where do you keep this stuff? And, and Absolutely. you know, and, uh, I know that you, yeah, I, I admire your toy room very much, but I know it was a, a long time in coming too. Yeah. Like when we, my wife and I bought this house, it was 98 and there was a, a spare room in the basement 
that was sort of out of the way. And that's, that's one of the, to be perfectly honest with you, it's the reason I bought this house. Um, my wife liking it helped, but th- this was the model of house I wanted to buy. Um, but it was unfinished and it didn't have heat. So, you know, and the wood paneling, it was kind of cool, but it was also kind of crappy. And, you know, I would put all my toys in there, but I'd never spend any time there. So the dream was always to make an office out of it. And it just, you know, the priorities, on the on the list of priorities, it's just impossible to ignore kitchen, um, living room, bathroom, you know, those sort of things. And, and so I... I, I put it out of my mind. It took 12 years before we said, okay, you know, let's spend the money and do this. And I think number one was the the arrival of both of my children forced my office into what is basically our rec room. And, uh, you know, while it was just the corner, I had uh, the corner. My wife couldn't watch TV without me typing or, 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 or writing something on the Mega forums. And, you know, even, you know, I kept trying to buy quieter keyboards, that sort of thing. Nothing worked. (laughs) So eventually she's just like, you're driving me crazy. And we, we, you know, I looked into a contractor because um, I'm a handy guy, but there's just certain things I can't do without Mm -hmm. help. So um, I'm really good at the initial teardown and (laughs) some of it's finessing, but the... The, the the building part I I lack a little bit so you know I, I had to have help with it but it's been great it it really has and and I'm one of those guys if I collect it and I can't display it I don't want it uh, so mm-hmm. you know I, I I'm kind of painted myself in a corner here there's not like you know I look at things like Shogun Warriors and Drool and then I think well where are they going to go Brian you know right. And right. this, I, you add to it that I have a, a hoarding problem with catalogs and magazines. Like literally right now in this office, there's a little bit of, because I'm working on the book, Rack Toys, there's a little bit of a trail going on. Yeah. <laughs> so um, this well, is it, you know? Well, you know, I, um, uh, I think we haven't really talked that much about um, – uh, DDA displays on on the podcast, but I, you know, I I developed these uh, these playset display system that that I've been doing for a few years, and I you know gave me the ability to make vinyl vinyl Mego style playsets. Um, you can see them at ddadisplays dot com. But uh, you know, one of the things that the, the idea behind it too was that I could use these to actually display toys. It's not just a playset; you can actually put a, a plexiglass window on the thing and, and display your toys. Mm-hmm. And um, so I, and that is pretty much what my toy room is is about right now. Just because I was like really interested in thinking of different ways to display, you know. So I've got superheroes displayed in a certain way, and my Star Trek guys, you know, on a whole Enterprise bridge and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, but because of space limitations, a lot of the, a lot of my collection has changed because of that. You know, I, I let go of, of the play sets and, um, my, uh, uh, you know, like my boxed, uh, bat lab and Joker mobile or, you know, really just don't get the, the space they deserve. Cause you know, they're kind of stuck in a, in a closet somewhere. And, yeah. um, and then, but then the other part, part, part that complicates our lives 
is, is that um, I'm working on DDoS displays, and sometimes I'm doing that at my at my desk. My desk is in the living room, which is where the TV is. So we have yeah. a lot we have a lot going on in our house, and um, um, you know, uh, I think we would all love for the toys and DDoS displays and everything to move down into their own little world. But, <laughs> But yeah. for now, um, you know, God, you know, God bless my family. They, they, they love and support me, and and so we're all gonna gonna live here together with um, our you know little men in vinyl boxes. Um, but uh, you know, but patience comes to those who wait. Yeah. And you say you say that uh, you you don't like to buy stuff that you're not going to be able to display. So one of the other things that's been going on at the Migo Museum is uh, longtime member uh, Scott Arnson, uh, after like 20 years of not really having a toy room, um, he and his family were able to build a house. Uh, I think he lives in Alabama. Mm-hmm. And they just built a new house, and Scotty's got himself a toy room. And, Which um, I think he designed. I, I'm not mistaken. I'm sure that yeah, there's definitely some thought when it's Scott and Scott's and Scott's an artistic guy, um, yep. so I'm sure he had some good thoughts about that. And and he has been and despite the fact that he didn't have a toy room, Scotty never stopped collecting. No, in and fact, he's got I think a it's, heck of a collection. I would think so. Yeah, and, um, um, just in some of the preview pictures he's shown, it's like, oh wow, it was you know. I think every collector does this. You do the need it, got it mm-hmm. thing in your head, and yeah. I couldn't believe the need it's that I, he's got. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's it's crazy. He's he's got a he's got a real bent for Mego, but he's also a humongous. Uh, well, I think anyone knows Scott. He loves Robin. He loves Batman and Robin, and uh, yeah. he's he's amassed mm. quite an interesting pile of stuff. Yeah, well, I, he's a, he's a big dynamite collector. That's right. And um, like serious, you know, like I think he had like three of her uh, camper vans at one point or something like that. That's and right. Then, you yeah. Know, um, so yeah, it's and we were you know wanted to wanted to mention that um, if we have any people listening to the podcast who are lurkers at the Amigo Museum forums who haven't joined up, you know one of the one of the benefits in registering and participating on the forums is you actually get access to certain forums that are not open to the general public and one of those is uh toy room central um and uh you know we people post pictures of their collections and they don't necessarily want to post that to the whole general public but they want to share it with the amigo community so mm-hmm. so we do make that sort of a you know you have to be a registered member to view this stuff but you know if you if you dig migos and you like to see awesome migo collections um there's, that's that is the place to be because there's some truly spectacular displays of stuff and it's and it's really fun even to just get ideas about how different people deal with uh, the challenge of displaying toys. I, I love looking at other people's collections and how they display them, and especially love how like and it just sounds strange, but it's almost like home and garden for geeks. Yeah. <laughs> because um, there's one fellow in England, and I, I can't remember his name, but he's got the coolest office. Like it's just, um, I think his I think his handle is Captain Big Trousers. Have you seen his office? Um, no, but I'm picturing his avatar, which is hilarious. Yeah, he's just it's 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 really cool. 
I, I, you know, like you say that, but you have to see it's like that is that is a one nice workspace. Nice. And of course, he's got toys, and he's put a lot of thought into what he's done, and it's you know. That's good. Yeah, it's it's home and garden for geeks. Like I said, you just you just sit there and 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 stare at ideas and. Everybody's got something to offer or a way that things have to be displayed and you know I, I really enjoy it. Yeah. No. It's it's fantastic. And you know, I mean, we spend a lot of money, a lot of time getting these things and and you have to have a way to live with them. Mm-hmm. You know, um you have to have a way to make it, you know, acceptable to the people that you live with. Oh yes. Uh, you know what I mean? I mean, when I was, you know, when I was single, like I mean, I didn't know anything about interior decorating. I decorated with toys. Oh, me too. Yeah, you know? and 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 posters I found at video stores. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, now I have this like this like adult living room with like you know sophisticated things on the shelf that people gave me when I got married or whatever. You know, and then I get yeah. like, Biff Bang Pow crap. You know, nestled in between it. When I first but, got married and we didn't have kids, there was toys probably in three rooms of the house. And then now, especially since I bought, you know, built the toy room, um, if I buy, a, if I get a package in the mail and I innocently open it and leave it on the living room, you know, on the living room coffee table, it is down in this office within thirty minutes. <laughs> you know, I, the, my wife has done everything but build a chute. You know, <laughs> it's crazy, but you know, I, I get it. Yeah, totally. But she just, there is no toys in this house. You do not know a toy collector lives here. Oh, that's amazing. Except if you go through my T-shirts or something, I guess. But, uh, yeah, uh, Toy Room Central is a lot of fun. And, you know, I think if you're a collector, you want to show off your collection. And it's it's neat to look at other people's stuff, people from across the world. You, you can't beat it. It's one of my favorite pastimes. Voyeuristically looking into your home. Like that idea about the. Um, we should pitch that to HGTV or something like that. Yeah, we you should. Know, Bravo Scott, or something. Yeah, yeah, Scott and Brian's uh, toy room makeover or something like that. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And then you and I can do the renovations. Yeah, that'd be great. We're just like, <laughs> what's barge into your house with a you know armful of glass display cases from IKEA and go to town on you? Yeah. I like it. Uh, yeah, we can uh, we can belittle your spawn collection. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's your thirty dollars spawn collection, and we've got yeah. a five thousand dollar display case to put it in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is Louis, our electrician. He'll help you. Sponsored by IKEA, home of the Detolf. <laughs> I think the Detolf has to be the the one go to. Do you own a Detolf? I own uh, three of them. Okay, yeah. yeah absolutely. Uh, we, uh, we have a store in Canada called JYSK. It's a knockoff of Ikea. And for a very brief time, they were selling a double-sized Detolf. Ooh, ooh. And ooh. it was just when my toy room was finished, and I went there, and they were on sale for $100. I bought three of them. They don't make them anymore. But they are the most brilliant um, display cases ever. I, I loved them. Um, but the the one sad thing that happened to me recently was our 
in the company I work for, I won't divulge a lot, but we, we downsized one office. We moved all the people from there into my office and we took all their furniture. And for some reason, and I don't know, I never was in the other office, they had 14 feet of trophy case. Oh, dear. Uh, that is about, there are two trophy cases. They are seven feet long, they are six feet tall, and they are one foot deep. Like and they, they are, are on their way to your house now. Well, I, I talked to the woman who runs the warehouse, and I said, well, "Are these available?" And she said, "You know what? We just give them away." And she goes, "But I want one because my husband collects toy tanks." Ah. And I said, and then I got to be able to go. Well, I want them for toys too, and you know, kind of kindred spirits. I came home. I went into my office. I measured every wall. And it was that Charlie Brown crushing defeat oh, of, no. I don't have room for this. There's, I would have to tear this entire place apart. And where, where I do have room, the ceiling hangs down just a foot too deep. Or, yeah. And it's, it's done. You know, like, I would have to like, be ripping out walls and toilets and stuff upstairs to get this thing in. And I was really sad. And I came in and I said, you know, that trophy case, I can't take it. And, and she, she whispered in my ear, Neither can my husband, and he's ready to hang himself. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was a huge defeat. But I think a lot of us have detolls. I've got three in my house right now. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, I um, uh, was frustrated for, for quite a while, though. The one thing about a detolf is, like, the, the general space is 15 inches high, mm. which is, like, a little roomy for Migos. And, or um, Micronauts, yeah. Or, which I got. or a lot of things. And then yeah. I found, um, you know, this. I consulted the internet and uh, found some guys who do uh, aircraft models had the same sort of issue. And um, so there's some hacks out there. You can add shelves to a detolf. Oh, and um, we should put that link. I in. will. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll put it in the show notes. Um, if you And if you go to my website at ddotdisplays.com, um, I have a... A post about it because um, mm-hmm. the DDoW panels are 10 inches high and I wanted to outfit a DTOF for my lost stuff. Right. So I've got like one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, I got six shelves going in, in a DTOF, which is twice as many as they normally have. Um, just huh. using these little, um, uh, they're little, um, uh, I think they call them cable uh, clips or rope clips. Get them at the hardware store and it's like a U shaped. Uh, piece of metal that you you wrap around the the metal bar of the detolf and add some screws and then you know went to the glass store and got a couple more shelves cut and um, so yeah there's different ways you can hack a, a detolf to make it a little bit more amigo friendly if you want to see what I've been using is I I work in retail and I get these catalogs and everybody thinks I'm just being you know a, a good employee but I get all these retail shelf display catalogs. <laughs> And they have all these crazy things like risers, you know. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and these are probably for shoe stores and gift shops, but you know, I can get them for cost. And what they are is they're like clear acrylic things that raise up behind other things, you right. know. Like so you can you can put a row of Migos at, uh, at this level okay. in a detolf, and then put another row behind in front of it. Yeah. And you can see everything. Stair step it. Yeah. I use a lot of risers, basically, is what I'm trying to say, and. Um, it's it's uh, it's just one of those things that I you know I'm lucky enough to be in that in that industry and and 
you know, that's that's another thing is I actually happened to see a Hallmark store closing one day about 10 years ago. I, and I knew the landlord of the building and they had, you know, they had like left and it's like a thief in the night mm-hmm. and left their inventory, which the bank reclaimed, but they left the store fixtures mm-hmm. and the, the landlord's like, I don't know what to do with them. And, uh, you know, I rented a truck. They were all, they were all, um, five foot high, uh, glass display cases, by the way, with doors. Jeez. And the guy said, I don't know, just, if you take them right now, you can have them. And I rented a truck from Home Depot, like ran out, rented a truck, filled the truck, and got them in my house, much to my wife's chagrin, um, just because it was <laughs> you know free detolf type things. You know? uh, <laughs> so I've had some luck in the last That's few years, funny. and I, I got to say to anybody who's uh, out there, you know, wants to outfit a toy room or an office. Search the paper, search Craigslist for old store fixtures. You'd be surprised what's out there. Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, it's the kind of thing that's like it's actually pricey if you go out to buy it. Mm-hmm. But if you find someone who's motivated to get it because they're bulky and really heavy and, and hard to deal with. And, so. and you'd be surprised how many of the guy, these used store fixtures guys there are out there. Yeah. And at, at the worst case scenario, you have to drive to some warehouse full of creepy old mannequins which is kind of a story in itself yeah that's i will do that on our next podcast <laughs> I, I actually have some photos on my phone if you ever want to see them <laughs> <laughs> i regularly haunt these places <laughs> yeah. yeah so but um you know the toy room is uh Definitely part of being a collector, I think, or you know, whatever you call it, your man cave. And yeah. some some of you are more you have more tolerant spouses, and your your basement is, you know, where your TV's at has a cool display in it. And I envy you, but you know, life is what it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and I guess speaking of toy rooms and displays, we should talk a little bit about what's coming up in the next three weeks, which is our big event, Mego Meet. Yes, indeed. Which I can't believe is coming up so quickly, but um, I know in talking with Steve Moore a little bit that the the big display this year will actually be a bit of a salute to the Remigo. Um, over the years, we've had different displays. You've been there for a couple of them, Scott, mm-hmm. where we've had all the world's greatest superheroes, or we've had this huge room of vintage Migos, you know, full of Steve Goalgetters and and um, Joe Namaths and Zoros and all that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. Last year we did a big display to customs, and this year we're going to salute, you know, the new blood, the Venture Brothers, uh, the 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 retro action heroes, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking forward to it. I know you won't be able to make it this year, but you'll be there in somewhat of a spirit because we will be selling. Uh, Steve and I will be selling Dita displays at our table. Yeah, I'm going to see what, how much I can get packaged up and sent out there before. Uh, Migo Meet starts, but uh, I put together some of those little um, displays that I did for uh, the Super Collector, mm-hmm. and um, which I try to—they're like—you know—I try to make those like pretty inexpensive, but um, you know, you always get stuck with shipping. So it's you know, it's like, hey, here's this thing—it's twelve dollars, but it's going to cost me ten dollars to ship it across the country. Right. So um, uh, hopefully, if we you know just uh, ship a bunch of them out there and stick them on a table, people will pick them up. Well, and I'm going to send out a couple of uh, the Brick Mantooth play sets um, for uh, for Odeon Toys. 
And um, so looking forward to that. I am. I'm. By the way, we haven't discussed it on the podcast. I have a Brickman tooth playset that you you graciously gave me. I am blown away by it. I love it. And the thing that really kills me is the ashtray. <laughs> oh, thank you. I wish I could take credit for the ashtray. That's, I, I know. that's, that's Paul at Laser Mingo. But I, I know that you sent him a photo of the bar from a catalog because I have that catalog yeah. page. Yeah. But for him to have copied the ashtray, that's just, brilliant. I like you know I picked it up. And, what is this? What is oh it? my god! I know. <laughs> Which of course, of course, brick doesn't smoke. He never would, but because um, his body is a temple, right? But, okay. Uh, but yeah, no, it's it's always classy to have have ashtrays for your guests. Right. Of um, course. Yeah. Especially. No, that's great. And the the little bar, the little bar that we made is exactly it's straight Perfect. out of photo reference from Plaid Stallions. I mm-hmm. see the thing. I'm like, we need this. <laughs> and uh, so he made that, and um, yeah, I'm glad you like it. I'm 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 really proud of 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 that playset. As somebody said, it look it looks like an apartment where where um, oh god, I'm just skipping. What's his name from Hogan's Heroes? Bob Crane got Wait, murdered. Like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, so so you you put it together? Did you take it to work with you? I did not take it to work with me okay. because that would. That would be a longer story than it's worth, but <laughs> I I did play with it quite extensively, and and um, as soon as I get my, my druthers, I'm going to have a ridiculous amount of fun having taking some photos. Sweet. And I think you know, uh, I'm thinking Brick's playset will be a lot like that um, '70s Hugh Hefner TV show. What was that the Playboy? Uh, you know, remember? I don't know if you remember this. Hugh really Hefner. Well. He, Playboy Club, I think it was called, and it was it was supposed to be in his apartment, and he would walk around, and instead of having guests, he would just bump into somebody. <laughs> so he'd be like, "Oh, James Caan, no. what are you doing here?" You know, and um, you know that's that's kind of what I want to do that vibe. Except instead of celebrities, it'll be um, Tomlin Frankenstein, you know, or something like that. Oh, nice. So, yeah, '70s knockoff celebrities. So excellent. And speaking of Brick and Super Collector, I'm happy to announce that the first bit of batch number two of Super Collectors will be available at Mego Meet. Wow. I don't know how many. Uh, of course, those of you who have followed the struggle of getting uh, another batch of Super Collectors out there, it has been that little museum that has caused us so much problems. And the, the fact that the person who does it uh, Sean Sansom, who also sculpted the head, he does it pro bono, and he is a very in-demand special effects artist. And he has had a very good year, and you can't begrudge a guy for you know having a lot of work, yeah. especially in these days. Um, so, you know, I've had to kind of just patiently wait. And he uh, he contacted me last week and said, "I have some of them done. I'll have a few more done." Uh, I don't think we're going to continue producing the museum in this manner. We are going to work on a plan B so I can get the rest of the super collectors out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that is. Yeah. So, you know, to stay tuned. But this summer there will be another batch of super collectors. And I'll make sure that equal amount will be available at Mego Meet and online. So hopefully everybody gets one. Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, the first wave sold out so incredibly fast, like, especially for, you know, it was, it was a week, which is, you know, very 
it, it, it's great for me, the person who put, put this together, and um, to, to see that happen because it, it's uh, it means I I won't go broke here. <laughs> um, oh, thank God! You know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, I mean, we're 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 so grateful for the support. Yeah, absolutely. And and and, and it's a heck of a thing. And and um, you know, geez, I mean those those uh, little. Those little play sets are just do such. I, I have such a warm place in my heart for them. Yeah. But they are so yeah, they're very very complicated. It kind of makes mm-hmm. me wish that I had designed Amiga Museum logo that you know was like based on oh I don't know a ping pong ball or something, <laughs> something really simple and commercially available in large quantities at um, dollar stores. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. But, yeah, uh, well, I mean, but you know what? Mad crazy ideas should be exactly that. Yeah. And, um, yeah. Well, and you know, it's uh, hey, you know, I mean, and, those and, of us who have it will have it forever. So exactly. And you know, once once we sell a few more super collectors, and I can, I, I really do actively want to pursue uh, the villain character that we've developed as Rack. Um, and, and other things, but th- that that will come with time. One of the things I will be showing off at Mego Meet is the um, the this this Mantooth project that uh, I've been working on, and and what it is, and I'll, I'll explain it finally because I really haven't told anybody. Is it's um, Steve Moore's been doing this wonderful thing with Manmates where he puts brick in different catalog fashions, right? And he's got that covered. I mean that you know he's doing an amazing job with that. What I want to do is basically there it's a parody action figure. It's brick as different iconic toys of the 1970s. <laughs> yes. There'll be limited run. I'm only going to do 10 of each. Uh it's more done for myself than for others. If you guys dig it and want one great. But otherwise I'm just this is all done with a tongue in cheek slightly sexy kind of vibe to it and at Mego Meet I'll reveal some prototypes and I've had some wonderful help from yourself, Scott uh, from Steve, from Sean Sansom, from Paul Wasson from Teresa, I I couldn't have done any of this without Teresa, Uh, David and Jason at Castaway, uh, Ed Leung um, uh, Chris Franklin, Earth 2 Chris They've all kind of pitched in. Tim Barron's doing some card art as well as, as Chris Franklin uh, to do some really <laughs> funky, ironic, That's goofy great. things. And I'm, I'm, I, I cannot wait to see you guys' reaction on this stuff. It, it's, it's, it's really a labor of love, and it's, it's really a goof. And I, I'm looking forward to this. And I have been for some time. So. The first brick that'll be released should be shown at Mego Meet, and then I'll follow suit with the second one right after. But we've got some fun little. I've tried to make every figure special, and and you'll see what I've done. I've, you know, uh, Paul kicked in some really special laser Mego pieces. I couldn't have done this without him. And and David Lee <laughs> helped me with something that I'm I'm dying to tell you about, but it's funnier if I just leave it be. Um. It'll all come to fruition shortly. Yeah, wow! I can't wait. You sound really excited, and I think well, it's, it's it's kind of excited and also really hyper amused with myself. Oh, that's great. Well, you uh, know, I mean, I I always say every time I look at Brickman Tooth, I I just feel like it is a 
It is a strange and wonderful thing which we have visited upon the earth. It's a mad, crazy dream, eh? Know, it's just like, it's wrong. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah. So, and, you know, um, Steve, Steve's not, we didn't, couldn't get Steve on for the podcast today, but Steve's going to be bringing a, uh, you know, he did the brick man tooth, the van tooth van. Yeah. And uh, so we put together a, a super collector van. Uh, well, he which, did. Which will be oh, you, no, you did too, right, right. Well, I helped him. I, you know, I provided him with all the, the graphics, and you know, we just took the Empire Van approach, which is, which is just slap as many stupid stickers on a van as you possibly can, and it'll be cool. <laughs> the Empire Vans kill me. I was just looking at one the other day, the the the, the chips one. Yes. The giant inflated pictures of Eric Estrada, which is exactly what the California Highway Patrol would do. Oh, I know. It's 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 really so funny when you're driving down the freeway in, in in California and you see these giant pictures of police officers emblazoned on the sides of trucks. Yeah. Um, no, it doesn't really happen that way. But yeah, that van is awesome. And so. So yeah, some good stuff. I am sad I won't be able to be at at, at Migo Meet once again, but maybe next year. And uh, you we'll know, Skype you in. everybody have everybody have a great time and safe travels getting there. And um, you know, it's the it is like we you know we were talking about. Oh, it's nice to be able to go to a toy show now and then. But you will never go, never go to a hello. You'll never go to a better toy show uh, for Migos than Migo Meet because and you know what what a chock full to the ceiling with Migos. One of the beautiful things about Mego Meet is uh, the new plan I've come up with this year, which is, um, or last year we started it. I don't, I used to make the drive all by myself, and now I've been taking uh, Ed Samurai Noir with me. And what we do is we leave Saturday night uh, from Mego Meet and we sleep in Western New York. And in Western New York is a beautiful flea market. If you're ever around in the Buffalo area, uh, it's in Clarence, New York. And it's just awesome. And it, it's nice to wake up in the morning after a toy show. It's actually gross indulgence and go to a big flea market. Because <laughs> you're not toyed out, right? No, no, no. Well, you, you, you got to come down slowly from the high. Right, yeah, right exactly. Yeah. So there's nothing beats picking at another flea market after you've just been to a huge toy show. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, and then hit a few targets and that sort of thing. Right, right, of yeah. course. I was going to say. Mm-hmm. That's mostly for my kids, though, because Mego Meat isn't exactly great for uh, road presence. So, and I guess uh, one second. Hmm? Uh, just one second. <laughs> we'll have to cut this. My wife tiptoed in. Yeah. With a sign that said, leaving soon, kids playing games in our room, nerd. <laughs> so, hey, man, she married him. What do you want? I know. She knew what she was getting into. <laughs> you know, I told my wife on, my, on our first date. Yeah. I told her about the toy collection. And she said, uh, she said somewhat facetiously, she said, oh, well, how many six-foot-tall glass display cases are we talking about? And I said, three. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's, hey, you know what? Everything's good. That's right. Yeah. That's right. No surprises. Not so. at all. So, yeah, no, I don't, I, don't, I don't put up with too many complaints anymore because you know what you were getting into. Mm, but, exactly. Um, anyways... 
I guess we should pick up again and talk about speaking of conventions and San Diego, and then we can wrap up. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Okay. So, with Mego Meet, the other big event, if you're a Mego head this summer, would be San Diego Comic Con. Uh, that's something you've attended in years past. I've gone to it. I think we met up once, right? Yeah, 2006, we met up, right? Yeah, 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 we did. We did. Um, yeah, the last couple of years, I've uh, been fortunate enough to go and I've uh, done some podcast interviews with uh, Jason Lindsay and Dr. Amigo and, and all that kind of stuff. I will not be making it this year. Couldn't, couldn't uh, swing the trip. Mm-hmm. But um, we do know that uh, there's going to be some cool stuff that will be debuting at Comic-Con. Uh, yes. Once again, Entertainment Earth and Biff Bang Pow uh, always make sure that they've got something, something cool. Um, so, and I guess so. So, what do we? What, what have we announced uh, in the last month? We've got a Battlestar Galactica two pack tote, two pack tote, which is a lunchbox. <clears throat> <laughs> it's a, shh, it's a lunchbox. But uh, so it's a, and that's going to have a gold Cylon and a silver Cylon inside of it. That is so cool. And it's yeah. a Cylon head uh, lunchbox. And we've got the amazing $6 million man Oscar Goldman briefcase. And tell us about what's that, what comes with that. Well, that comes with Rudy, uh, who was played by three different actors. <laughs> um, so, and you know, it's a bizarre... You, you talk about Brickman Tooth being weird. They're so dedicated to the fan base they're just they're, they're producing three head sculpts yeah of, of and i you know look i think i know one of them is martin balsam and alan oppenheimer and that should be good enough i don't know the rest <laughs> um <clears throat> you know I, I what i love about that tote being the oscar goldman briefcase is and forgive me for going on a bit of a tangent here but i've actually thought about this which is sad mm. the there's two. I think there's two tiers of fans of Six Million Dollar Man. I think there's people who are fans of the series, and they're the people who call up and say, you know, I want a Barney Miller action figure. And then there's, I think, what would categorize you or I, Scott, as '70s kids, sure, who grew up with the show, but you know, I think the more impactful thing was the toy line. So, and and we we think Barney Miller. We think, why do you want an action figure of Hal Linden? Um, when in fact Barney Miller was the name of the seven million dollar man, do you remember that? Ah, uh, no. Yeah. Okay. Well, that that proves my point. So I think the Kennerverse tying this action figure into what I would call the Kennerverse, or you know, the Oscar Goldman exploding briefcase, which I don't think ever happened on the show. I think that was more of just a toy. Hmm. Please send me an angry email uh, <laughs> if I'm wrong, and please call me a moron. Um, the uh, I think tying into the Kennerverse with the idea of they're going to do a Maskatron. Steve's in his red jogging suit. Yeah, it's, uh, but now it's now announced cool. they're doing him in his khakis, which is great too. Um, but the, you know, all these things are, are wonderful. And, and the fan service that they are getting with the three the heads of Rudy is just fantastic. It's Dr. Rudy Wells. That's it. And he's, the, of course, the guy who fixes Steve's arms and legs and eye when they're broken. And, yeah. Yeah. yeah, the mechanic. Well, you and, know, it's. Um, it, I, I mean, I think. I think. Uh, I, I know Jason talked about this on the Geek Shell Inherit podcast um, a little bit. I'm not sure if he got into it, but you know, I have to assume that. I, I mean, they're very creative people. 
um, and their and their fans are pretty much anything that they do a property of. And I have to assume that like some properties are just easier to deal with than others. And you know, it was like for whatever reason, it was it was possible and practical to do this kind of ridiculous toy for six million dollar man. You know, whereas like you know, in, on other properties, they really want to do the fan service, but there's some sort of bureaucracy or legal problem or whatever that gets in the way of of producing something you know just cataclysmically cool um, like they're yeah. doing. So you know, but I, you know, I, I hope that I I just think it's great. I'm you know, we're, obviously we're fans of what they do, and um, uh, I hope this is a big success for them because it's like it's such a crazy idea. It just might work. Yeah, exactly. And you, I know Jason has brought that up on his own podcast, probably this podcast. It's amazing when things come together because there is a lot of – I've worked in licensing for years and there is a lot of barriers to entry. There's, yeah. there's certain things you're not allowed to do and I, I, I've had that experience. I've, I've worked with Warner Brothers, Nickelodeon, all those guys where you're like, hey, can I do this? And they go, no, this is what you get and, and you're stuck. You know, So to see these guys – move around and dance around and do these kind of fun things like you know um the the Shatner the Shatner last year at, at San Diego yeah. Comic-Con Shatner uh, wasn't even a part of the original license um for Twilight Zone they 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 somehow worked that out I I I was told that and I, I'm a bad friend for not remembering but uh-huh. Jason did explain that to me so that was another thing they just they just worked on in God and that's, that's really great. And they did some fun things with it. That's fantastic. You know? And, um, well, you know, and it's like, they're, I mean, you know, they're doing great stuff with Dr. Who, but mm-hmm. I know that they've lost that. I know that it hasn't been easy, you know, and it, and it is kind of frustrating because it's like, Jason is just an insane Dr. Who fan. Oh yeah. Absolutely. You know? I mean, they should just, just, Cut him loose and let him, you know, give him the reins and go for it. You know, make some crazy, cool, cool vintage stuff. Well, I th- yeah, I know he's explained a little bit of that, and and uh, yeah. I, you know, I'm I'm still happy to see um, my my eight inch Tom Baker staring back at me. You know what I mean? And I I think they're I think they're still going to do some great stuff with it, and I'm really excited. I was really excited to see Hartnell. William Hartnell is not exactly. Um, action he he doesn't he doesn't of all the doctors he's not the one you go he's an action figure right so it was really cool to see him you know the you know the first doctor and and it's it's and uh, the canine and tardis place uh, these guys are doing are doing great things is there, now is that coming out at comic con the, the no, place that comes I think out in that's november fall yeah fall time sometime yeah mm-hmm. yeah yeah i'm not sure what i i'm uh, I'm a bad reporter. I don't remember. I know that Battlestar Galactica will be ready for Comic-Con. And uh, the Rudy Wells. I'm not sure if Steve Austin's going to make it or not. I, I, I hope so. You know, uh, they, they announced, of course, this week that they're doing him in the, in the cocky outfits, which made a lot of people happy. Um, I don't know about you, but maybe it's because I've got ideas for the outfit more than the Steve Austin on that one. The khaki outfit? Yeah. Is it yeah. a two-piece or is it a jumpsuit? I, it hasn't... It's hard to say because they're only using that drawing right now. Mm-hmm. But if it's a two-piece, I've got... Um, yeah, okay, this is a bit sad. I've got plans to customize it into the uh, the astronaut suit that uh, 
Rock Hudson wears in the Martian Chronicles. There, I said it. That's so sad. <laughs> no, I great. thank you. It's brilliant. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, I have I have the Martian dolls from Laramie. I don't know if I've ever talked about those, but they're the crappiest action figures ever made. So I need a Rock Hudson to go with my Martians. Oh, I would think so. Is that the one that uses the keeper robe? Yeah, okay. yeah. And the the blow molded bodies are yeah, just yeah, yeah. like if you look at them, they'll fall apart. You know? <laughs> and the feet don't even look like like somebody went ah, who cares? And didn't sculpt feet. You know? What are you gonna do? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, well, and then of course, if they're uh, if it's a khaki jumpsuit, I I hate to tell you where I'm going to go with that, but mm, I think I know. Yeah. Well, you know, but, <laughs> you know, I think I actually may have gotten lost out of my system. Oh, really? Yeah. What are you going to do? Well, I don't know. You know, have I've you got, tried like, fringe? No, no please. I, 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 lo- I love fr- no, I love fr- I love French, but I don't want to get involved with French. I would like to see a Walter's Lab Dita complete with cow by the end of the year. Cool. Okay. Okay. <laughs> get to work. Get on that. Oh <laughs> no, not me. Um, well, did you see? Uh, have you seen the? God, right now we're just moving all over the place, but yeah, um, sure. Uh, you know, Brown Bear over at uh, the Mingo Museum is really into the Dita displays, and he made he made a Muhammad Ali's gym, right? He's he's, he's working on a Muhammad Ali gym, mm-hmm. and a, and he's doing a great um, uh, Fonzie or uh, Arnold's uh, restaurant for happy. Now that's days. not that's not the first Arnold's, isn't there? Like a couple Arnold's out there now. Um, there's been other playsets for sure. Yeah, for sure. yeah. His is the uh, first, you know, pure you know vinyl Dita. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I um, which is which is not to disparage the others, but no, uh, but no, it's a, it's a you know it's a little carrying carrying case, mm-hmm. that, which I, I I adore. But yeah. um, the, the Muhammad Ali really made me uh, smile because that's one of the things that we have prototype photos of. Thank you, Finny Bayera. Yes, um, of they were actually going to do that, and right. it, it's pretty cool. I think it's the Dynamite Health Spa retooled, if I'm not mistaken. But uh, yeah, it's just one of those cool things that never got made. And I, I, if if there's anybody that would have wanted it, it's it's uh, Jason Brown Bear because he seems to have a real uh, enthusiasm for boxing. Yeah, he's yeah he's a big boxing fan. And toys, so that makes sense. And I, I can I can cotton to that because there's a lot of prototype toys I've seen in my time where it's like I'm probably the only kid who would have bought that. And I'm the only kid who's, or the only adult who's going to make that now, you know. <laughs> uh, well, that's so funny. Every time I see one of those little, um, uh, one of those baskets that they put French fries in at a, oh, yeah. at a cheap restaurant, I think I should grab one of those so I can make that prototype Mego Star bridge. Trek. Yeah, <laughs> Star Trek bridge. That thing is so awesome. Uh, the only thing I wish in those Bayera photos that they had were the um, comic action Star Trek uh, sets they were toying with. Ooh. Yeah, Vinny mentioned them to me in the interview I did a few years ago where he said, yeah, we were going to do Star Trek like that. Oh, man, as, as comic action? Comic action so they could do alien world play sets and stuff oh, like that. Sweet, that would have been uh, a really good idea. As a humongous comic action fan, I would have loved to have seen them do more than just – 
And that would have been that would have been original series, not the movie. Oh, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. They were going to do it in '77. But oh my god, I that would be awesome. The Star Trek license started to kind of wane by that point. In fact, I don't I don't think there's very much in the by way of Star Trek in the '77 catalog at all. So, huh. Boy, you know, I had, don't know. I smell an interesting custom project there. You don't see yeah. a whole lot of comic action customizing. You know what's funny is I had forgotten how many I've done. Um, yeah, it's it it is a little challenging, and I have ADD at times. But I did finish a Tarzan, and somewhere I have half a Green Arrow done. I, I was much more easy. It was much more amendable to do Pocket Hero customs because you could rip apart Chips figures and you know right. do that sort of thing. Right. So I have like a Pocket Heroes Joker, a Penguin, a Riddler. They're you know just a little more straightforward. Sweet. But yeah. Yeah, the comic actions don't lend themselves to being taken apart so well. Right. Yeah. So, well, that's... Uh, this is awesome. We're just yeah. bouncing all over the place on yeah. this podcast today, aren't we? Yeah, well, I think we covered off everything we were going to talk about. I think so. Oh, Have you so- got anything new and exciting in the mail? Um, mostly I've been collecting Banana Republic stuff, but I did get... Um, I did get my set of uh, the Kiss figures the other day. And what's the word? They I haven't are, got um, Kiss is the word. Kiss right. is the word. They are they're they're uh, they're great. They're great. Um, they're kind of um, you know I haven't played. I actually haven't taken them out of the package yet. I, I was thinking oh. I was thinking this afternoon I should take those out of the package so I don't sound like an idiot when I talk about them on the podcast. But I, I well, how get did you know I was going to bring it up? If you want, I could pause and go down to the basement and get them. <laughs> we um, don't have that kind of time. No, we don't. Um, but no, I think. Uh, I mean, yeah, they, they they look great. They're 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 beautifully done. They're. I mean, they're. You know, the costumes. The costumes are what they are. I mean, there's like kind of a, a there's kind of a cheapness to them, as far as you know the the sort of. Uh, the way you interpret, you know, what is actually a very elaborate costume with some shiny metallic fabric. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're really cool. And they're actually really impressive in the package. The The card is a little bit oversized, I think. Um, they actually kind of reminded me a little bit of like the, um, the, the gentle giant uh, carded Star Wars guys because they're just like it's this big, impressive, colorful uh, package and a really nice, very nice collector-friendly... Uh, clamshell kind of deal and um so i think they're i think they're they're they i think they did a good job i definitely think they're on to something i wish them all the success in the world i picked them up from uh entertainment earth where they seem to be selling out pretty quickly too and, yeah uh, so and i know uh we just uh someone just posted some pictures of the next uh series uh oh, did they? that they're gonna do um uh off the top of my head they are um, talk amongst yourselves. Rhubarb, rhubarb. Kiss figures from round two. Um, all right, I can't find it. Go look on the Mega Museum. There's pictures of them. Yeah, they're great. That's um, cool. I, I've yet to buy a set. I've been kind of half flirting with waiting to find them in a record store and getting excited about them. But I'm kind of an Ace Freely fan, so I might I might order them. Um, fairly shortly I, i've got a weird plan to uh replicate kiss meets the phantom of the park yeah so i want to make those robots they fight cool yeah i'll be the uh, only kid on my block with those well i don't but, know about that but um 
there um yeah i was i was actually wanting to to because they're so like from the era like mm-hmm. i wanted to to s- s- um set them up like next to next to like some of my you know vintage migo superheroes yeah and just sort of like see how that feels yeah and i that... kind of have this idea that that like like for me the standard for me the standard of like migo is the migo batman mm-hmm. um and which is kind of a tough standard because like in a way he's one of the goofier amigos you can get with the oven mitt gloves and the you know this is and I'm talking about the painted mask you know version right. of yep. the thing and i guess like as we as we're we're wrapping up here the last sort of thing that i would want to talk about is this it's really cool what they've done with with the remigo stuff there's been some really beautiful work done mm-hmm. but it is like even though it's like pretty much on exactly the same body and it uses the same like aesthetic that we know as Migo, it is still an advancement, you know? Yeah. It, I mean it just it still is. I mean there's like like Migos were really, 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 really primitive, you know? Um and like the more we sort of like see that the format explored and played with and, and improved upon, um, the more that point sort of, which doesn't, which is not to say that it, to me anyway, um, you know, denigrates them in my eyes. No. Um, cause I, you know, I mean, it's a charm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it actually, it, 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 it really is. But like, in a way the whole like idea, like when I was a kid, right. Is it's like, all these guys are going to go together, you know. Captain Kirk and Batman oh, are in the absolutely. same world, and that's yeah. that's how life should be, you know. And now, you know, Captain Kirk and Batman are in the same world with Doctor Who and and Gene Simmons and um, and coming soon Steve Austin and Battlestar Galactica. And yeah, it's, just, it's kind of it's it, it's a real head trip. It's a real it head is. Trip. It's 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 nineteen seventy five again. You know, yeah, yeah, and I, and I love but they that. They don't I, all exactly go together. Um, I guess it depends on. I think they do. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm nitpicking or this because just... Migo never Migo in and out on realism. Yes, you know, even in the world's greatest superhero, Reed Richards looks like a guy I work with. Right. Uh, Aquaman does not. Right. You know, that Re- would be yeah, a guy. Yeah, actually, yeah. You put you put Reed Richards next to next to Batman and they don't necessarily look like they're the same species either. No, but uh, you know, like I've got, um, for some reason I've got Barnabas Collins next to the pirates next to the Western heroes. And I just think it looks perfect. Um, you know, it's just one of those things. It, I'm okay with, because Migo stylistically changed lots of things. Right. You know, that, that there was, you know, like the knights are hyper-realistic. The Western guys, not so much. You know, even even a couple of the knights don't quite, like the Black Knight's face doesn't quite look as good as uh, Sir Galahad's face. You know, right. it didn't matter. It was all good. And, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't care. I never thought about those things. So, uh, you know, I, I, can, I, I can put it out of my head and be okay with it. <laughs> Um, you know, if if somebody started coming out with eight inch hot toys, then there might be a big problem for me. Mm-hmm. You know, because I think everybody's idea of utopia in the Remigo is completely different. Yeah, 
you know and i i think one of the reasons that i gravitate towards uh mc like i love the monsters i love their universal monsters or biff bang pow's doctor who is there is a little bit of that yeah that's how they would have done it too you know what i mean like yes they would have there would have been little little tiny corner cuts on Amigo, and I especially appreciate that on the Venture Brothers and, and things like that, where it's like, yeah, these that's exactly what would have been done 20 years ago, 30 years ago, and I, I'm i am in a good place about that. Yeah, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, so yeah, no, it's it's uh, it's all good on my angle, but I have yet to see these kiss, and I'm jealous that you've, you've got a set. You know, um, on my end, it's more of a vintage thing. I managed to pick up my little fascination is, is toy insider publications. I've been collecting those for 20 years. Um, and I managed to pick up, uh, some directory issues that I've not ever seen before. So I'm anxiously checking the tracking number on those because I love toy history. And on the other thing is uh, working on my book, I discovered uh, a toy line I did not know existed. Really? Yeah, and it was made by Fleetwood Toys, one of the rack toy companies I'm working on the book. And I just, I just want to tell you now, it's Manimal. Dude, really? Yeah, Fleetwood Toys licensed Manimal and came out with three, and I use the term loosely, action figures because they don't <laughs> do anything. But these are the they're, – they're, they defy description. They are not – uh, action figures of the cast, and they are not figures of animals. They are half man, half animal action figures. Wow! So, like you know, uh, a man's body and a bird's face, or uh, a snake that's slowly turning into a man. Like they're manimal in mid transformation. If you, I don't know if you're familiar with the TV show, I, I was I was in. For some reason, at that time, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's it's maybe it's maybe it's starting to come back to me. So, it, it, I think it was on in about eighty three, and it was about a man who could turn into animals, right? And he was a detective. So and, these toys show him trans mid transformation. Yeah, and if you recall, the big draw of the show was the Dick Smith, I believe it was Dick Smith uh, or Stan Winston, one of those two transformation makeups where he you know they'd show him turning into a puma and it was like american world in london you know that real detail where they'd show him turning into a bird but the thing with the show was that's all the makeups they had in the can so if manimal turned into an ox he just went behind a rock came out as an ox, right? <laughs> so <laughs> the audience kind of, eh, you know. And I, I can honestly remember being 12 years old and going, this show's really stupid. <laughs> but, you know, at the time I was also getting turned on to like Ed Wood movies and I was starting to realize the ridiculous and sublime and poorly acted things are entertainment all on their own. So I was actually okay with that. Right. You know. Oh man! But yeah, that was that's my big exciting discovery of the week. There are toys based on Manimal. Huh? Yeah. So, are you sure they got produced, or they were just? I have one in my hand. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, not literally in my hand. It's over there. But um, (laughs) I have the Snake Man, and I have pictures of the others, and I'll be featuring them on Plaid Stallions, and I'll also be. 
I'm very happy they'll be in my book. Fantastic. Uh, one of the things that's holding this book down is every other week I find something I, I didn't know existed and I, I get amused by and I have to put it in. Awesome. So it'll well, be a get, thousand pages. That's fantastic. Well, you know, get them made and um, then we'll uh, yeah, get, get the book made and then you'll have to start doing updates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, maybe volume two will come out. I don't know. Fantastic. Fantastic. All right. All right. Well, this has been a great podcast, I think. I think it's been great, considering we just kind of pulled it together. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Well, it's a nice way to spend an afternoon, and uh, we'll we'll see. Uh, we, we won't even make a promise as to when the next podcast is going to be. Maybe but, we'll do um, one soon. We'll probably do one uh, related to Migo Meat. You're going to take your recorder to the to the meet. I absolutely will. All right. Yes, and um, we we will have some more on the floor interviews. Hopefully, fantastic. Yeah, get some compromising photographs. Absolutely, but can. they'll mostly be of me. Yeah, right. yeah. Right. Okay, dude. Well, it's okay. uh, it's been great talking to you, and um, yes. let's go ahead and sign off in our uh, classic way. All right. Until next time, Migo heads. I'm Brian, and I'm Scott, and we're saying collect, collect them all. Them all. Oh, uh, it's uh, Sonic Boom, the Kiss figures. Oh, that's the name of a record store I go to. Very cool. I just just finally found the thread. They're doing Sonic Boom, whatever that means. Never owned it. Thank God. Yeah, you know what? I don't don't understand Kiss outside of the – they were – in a movie and they had a comic book and I know a couple of songs and that Gene Simmons is an a-hole. That's pretty much all I got. Um, I remember being in a line at a toy show with a kiss fan and I realized that was the day I realized that kiss fan, baseball fan, comic geek, you're all geeks. You know, uh, the guy knew so many facts and details. It was actually kind of scaring me a little bit. (laughs) Well, you know, yeah, that's just that's just how it goes. I mean, you know, yeah. and and we start early in this country, you know, like yeah. uh, you know, I mean, you know, my like my son and Thomas the Tank Engine. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. that was pretty hardcore. And then it's on to dinosaurs, and then it's on to rock bands, and then it's on to baseball teams, and then it's on to girls, I suppose. And, and then there you go. That's how you grow up in this world. Yeah. Well, it's you know, one obsession after another. You're right. Yeah. Although, you know, it's amazing you can break free of girls. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is it going to say? One of the things I wanted to bring up, I didn't want to bring up on the podcast because it's just sort of silly, is you were talking about how, like, Star Wars gets in, you know? And um, I remember one time Dean said, I want to try and watch Star Wars. And I put it on, and he was like, ah, oh, this is boring. And he walked away and played with superheroes. Yeah. And I thought, all right, well, I don't really care. The Star Wars obsession came via Lego Star Wars games. Uh-huh. Because they're really fun and they're really addictive. And by the end of that, he was completely into Star Wars. Wow. And then we brought in, my wife bought him Lego Harry Potter. And then he was wandering around with a stick, casting spells, embarrassing (laughs) me in public. Um, And then, you know, like, I can't wait. Lego Batman 2 is coming out and it's got the whole Justice League. I don't care if it's his birthday or what. He's getting that game. <laughs> Back to superheroes, boy. <laughs> All right. Well, that concludes uh, this week's edition of Geek Dad. Yeah, Geek Dad. 
our, our second auxiliary podcast. <laughs> All right. So we won't bother right. to sign off again. But until then, thanks for listening to the Mega Museum podcast. As always, you can find us at megamuseum.com. Join us on the forums. Send us an email. Um, I've forgotten what our phone number is, but uh, 213-444-MEGO. But nobody oh. ever calls, so don't worry about it. Okay. But uh, anyway, we love you all, and we'll talk to you later. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye, Migo.